He's got to be pleased with that. The crowd is just on his feet here. He's a Cinderella boy. Uh, tears in his eyes, I guess, as he, as he lines up this last shot. He's got about 195 yards left. This crowd is going to be silent. Cinderella story out of nowhere. Before a great keeper now, about to become the Masters champion. <clears throat> it looks like I'm a wreck. It's in the hole! It's in the hole! Hello and welcome to week 84 of a Good Talk Spoiled Golf podcast. I'm Barry O'Hanrahan and delighted to say James is back this week. Hello James. Hey Barry. How are you? I'm good. Delighted to be home. Not really, are you though? No. No. You'd be there for several more months if possible. Well, other than the fact that I didn't get to play golf in the month, yeah. Yeah. Aside from that, if I could have played golf, I would have stayed. Uh, for those who haven't uh, heard or just joining us this week for the first time, James was all fun as uh, honeymoon, extended honeymoon for a month traveling in South America. Which has a shockingly lack, uh, surprising lack of golf courses. Um, nearly played the highest golf course in the world, I think it is, in La Paz in Bolivia, and then found out how much it was and said thanks, but no thanks. How, how much is it? Uh, I think they were looking for like a hundred US dollars mm-hmm. and to put that in context, like we were eating, you know, dinner for like four or five US dollars. So, um, yeah, it was very expensive and in uh, relative terms, it's kind of like Pebble Beach price is like 400. Yeah, but it wasn't yeah. Pebble Beach golf course. Um, and, uh, I'm not sure how well it's maintained. It's I did look at the photos. Ready, is it, or? Well, I looked at the photos and we decided against it. So, um, I didn't in the end play, but, uh, but anyway, it's probably not a bad thing. I probably would have ended up being divorced on the honeymoon, so. Possibly, yeah. Yeah. There, there were several chances for divorce over this honeymoon, like with the, the captain's, pro- good captain's prize first round. The discussion of maybe delaying it by a day to play round two, but round two, that, that two day, the two weekend event didn't happen because day one B was rained off, so. Uh, that could have definitely led to a divorce. Yeah, to be fair, she uh, she was somewhat uh, enthusiastic about the idea that um, if if there was a chance that I was in a position to win it, and I think the fact that I think I was leading by what was it three? What was I three 66? Shots. I think it was three to the next nearest guy, but he yeah. wasn't eligible to win. So realistically, the next guys were seventy. It's a four shot lead. So then. I had a four shot lead, and the way I was playing, I kind of had in my head I could probably have played to handicap again and come in with seventy seventy one, which I, I think would think be more would, than enough. Definitely, um, definitely. Anyway, it was taken out of my hands, thankfully. So yeah, exactly. At least I was able to leave safe in the knowledge that I wasn't uh, <laughs> wasn't leaving behind the captain's prize. Well, yeah, there was no what ifs. I mean, I suppose the good thing you mentioned, like she's played sports at a very high level herself before, um, so there, there was that understanding. Like she, she knew exactly the situation you were in. So yeah, and, and look, the, you know, I suppose the way the golf has gone over the last year, and I, I, I'm now well, was down to eleven for a couple of weeks. A couple of rounds. We'll get on to that in a minute. Hey, um, good thing the holiday didn't hurt your golf. Yeah, but the thing was that, um, you know, I had set the targets, I had beaten the targets, and then there was a part of me that when we were talking about postponing the, the holiday uh, for, for 24 hours to play in the second round if necessary, there was a discussion of, well, look, you know, you're now at a level where this isn't a fluke. You know, you can go out and do this again. Mm. And, uh, you know, this is hopefully the start of many chances to win captain's prizes. I think if I was off maybe 20 or 22 and I had had the 66, then I might have been probably thinking this might be a one and one only time. But, um, 
Anyway, it was taken out of my hands, thankfully. So mm-hmm. uh, that was the end of that. So off I went, and now I'm back. Yeah, and I didn't ba- bring back, the weather. Back with a bang. I mean, if you combined your two rounds this weekend, you might have had an actual killer score. He's waited a whole Science, month. Yeah, I know, I know, I know, I know. But look, you know, he's he's been, he's been storing these up, and as you can tell, he, <laughs> his humor hasn't gotten any better over the course of a month. But like, yeah, what, I mean, what, look, what's going to happen? Like, actually, we were talking to Pat Garrity, a pro friend of ours, and. He, he had a lot of really um, logical things to say about it. He's like, "Look, you're you're off during holidays. You're walking. You're not using your golf muscles. You're you're activating different muscles. Your golf muscles kind of lose mm. lose their golf golfness, I guess, <clears throat> or for want of a better word." Yeah, I, it was funny. I hadn't thought about it until Pat said, "You know, you're you're using different muscles, and over the course of the season, and that's why you go back. You know, hopefully." kind of February time if you don't play during the winter to get back into the swing of it. Mm. Um, certainly on Sunday that the, the back hurt, which I expected it to because the back... Oh, did it? Yeah, well, the thing was that the way that I've changed the swing, yeah. I'm using different muscles than I used to and, and I went through that at the beginning of the season when I made the changes to the swing that I found the back, the lower part of the back was a little bit sore because I was putting more pressure on that area. Um, not against... You know, having an injury, but it was just, more pressure on an area that well, it's should, just a should, be built up, should be built up by a, a better posture and better swing, but hadn't been built up before. And so that that happened on on uh, on Saturday night, Sunday morning. So, and um, no, look, it was, and I suppose we might as well talk about it now. Like I, I was very rusty over the course of the weekend, and I struggled at times with uh, a little bit of everything. But then there was times where I was hitting really nice shots, and. Mm. Um, that I was, you know, two or three yards, it was more alignment than anything. I was just pushing it to the right or slightly to the left or whatever it was. But um, there was times I was hitting the ball really well, striking it well, and then, you know, a couple of holes, I just struggled. And then the head kind of went as well. I don't know if I had the the mentality, because I went with the attitude of, I'll just go have a bit of fun and see what happens. But at the back of my head, the last round I played, I had a 66. Yeah, you didn't have huge so. expectations. I just noticed that mental approach-wise, which was it's probably good, because then you're not like trying to beat down yourself. But yeah, a number of battles in a row will get to anybody. Yeah, like, uh, look, uh, the biggest problem I had all day was that I left everything short on the green. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, I was picking the right lines and everything was waiting in the jaws. But, you know, if you're if you're trying to hold... 14, 16, 18, 20 footers for two points, mm-hmm. you know, it, 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 it's going to be a struggle over the course of the day. It wears. Um, I thought the know. other thing that really didn't work in your favor was the, the drastic change in speed of greens from the last mm-hmm. range of eight, which was Captain's Prize mm-hmm. round one to five weeks later. A lot more rain is hit, a bit more, you know, more growth. They're letting the course grow a little bit and the greens are just they're different greens altogether from yeah, where they were yeah look the biggest thing is that when you've not played golf for four weeks and you haven't really been thinking about it for four weeks you go out on a golf course and you start thinking about it and over the course of the season before i started and um, you know over the last six eight weeks before i went away i'd read a lot of stuff about you know trusting the swing going to the driving range hitting 50 60 golf balls having your routine your pre-shot routine and then just trusting that the setup and everything will work. So you're not thinking about it. You're not mm. thinking, you know, yes, I'm thinking of what club I want to hit, where it should be in my stance, putting the hands forward a little bit, doing all of those things. But the second I pull the trigger to swing, I'm not thinking about where the club is, where this is, where that is. 
And the problem is that when you go for four weeks, mm-hmm. you're thinking about absolutely everything. And you're not playing comfortably. You're playing with, oh, how do I, how do I hit the shot that is like 40 yards in the air, one bounce, check, stop, forward in the stance. And, and you're not playing, yeah. with, you know, so... There was a lot of that. So, look, I'm going to go up to the driving range this week, hit a few golf balls. It will come back. There was some really nice things. <laughs> I hit some good drives. Mm. I found a bit of the fairway occasionally, and I hit decent second shots on occasions. It's there. It was just when it's not 100% there, and you're finding bunkers, and you're finding a little bit of the rough, it just it kind of makes it a little bit more difficult. It grinds on you, doesn't it? We've all, we've all experienced it. You smoked it, you hit this hybrid past my three wood on 12, and I hit a three wood I was really happy with. And you just tonked this hybrid and finished about 10 yards past me, and I was like, holy shit. Yeah, and you see, but it, again, funny, just going back to my last comment, um, I, I had gone to the hill, and for people who don't know in Glen of the Danes, the 12th is a, you've got to kind of go and watch because it, it disappears over you hit the hill, and you just yeah. don't know where it's gone. And there's trees and long rough, and, and anyway, so I had walked up to the hill, to watch yourself and the other mm. uh, guy, I think it was, I was your dad, I think, was playing with us, um, drive off, and I decided I'd just take the rescue, walked back with the rescue in my hand, and I pretty much threw the golf ball from about 20 yards off the tee box and kind of kicked it onto the area I wanted to hit it from. Didn't tee it up, didn't mm. really do anything, and then smoked it. And, and the point is, going back to what I just said a second ago, at that stage I had stopped caring. Mm. I had stopped thinking about you know, where the club should be, where my hand should be, am I taking it too far out? And that was the problem. And You just threw it, put I a just, natural I swing on the it, I just threw it on the ground, didn't think twice about it, and hit it, and, it, and then smoked it down in the middle of the fairway. And it's there, it just has to come back. And, and as I say, anybody who has taken a month off or hasn't played golf for a month, and they expect, and we all do it, and, and it's the biggest lesson, we all turn up after the winter, or we turn up after playing, you know, once yeah. in six weeks, and then go... Jesus, you know, I don't know why I'm not playing really well. Like, I used to play an awful lot better. Well, yeah, because if you don't play for six weeks, the reality is you're not going to play well. Yeah, you've got you know, a 5% got a, chance of having a good round that day. No, but look, it's the same as we've said before. If you want to play well, if you want to get a handicap reductions, if you want to be competing, you know, you're going to have to put in the effort, you know, during the season. Hmm. You're going to have to play at least once a week. You're going to have to get to a driving range to hit 30, 40, 50 golf balls. You don't have to hit 120 or 150 a week, but you need to keep the eye in. You need to keep the rhythm in, especially when you get onto a semi-hot streak. It's nice to, to keep going. When you don't play for six weeks, if you don't hit a golf ball, if you're not thinking about it, if you don't give a shit, mm. ultimately it's not going to turn into a uh, into a low round. So. No. Uh, Will, Will's unfortunately, he's sick at the moment. He's on antibiotics. Um, so he couldn't join us this week. He did a, he did a good round on Saturday, 36 points with two scratches off his new handicap of seven. Yeah. So good. yeah, he's playing very well at the moment. Um, unfortunately six, so. So I suppose we should move on to last week's rounds. Uh, oh, sorry, sorry. I had, you want to talk I had, about yours? No, no, no. Yeah, go ahead. I had 37, 37 on the two rounds in the weekend and, uh, yeah, I need to work on my driver. It's it's a killing me. I could have had so much better. So um, I've had so much worse though as well. To be fair, 
True, yeah. I uh, yeah, I rode my I got, I got lucky. I rode my times. Luck times but you need luck um, in this game. So. I, I thought I, I put it very well this weekend. I didn't miss any. Not that I, I can't remember if it did miss it in, anything inside five six foot. Don't tell me because it, I'm in a good mental space at the putting it. What you certainly didn't do, and what I can pretty much assure people is that you didn't three put. I don't think this weekend. Um, I won three put on the third on Sunday morning. Okay, well, that you did, yeah, sorry. That was was it. One one in 36 holes made me, I'm very happy with that. But it was certainly when you were missing them, um, I don't even remember having too many five or six footers because from the most part when you were on the green, you were outside of that range and Mm. you were were getting it up close and they were tap-ins for for the most part, Um, which is, look, that's what you need. You know, that takes the pressure off. It's it's a a percentage play of of making 20 footers is going to be pretty small. So look, you know, two putts and you move on. If you yeah. if you if you hit the right rail and goes in, fantastic. But yeah. like, you just don't want to leave it six foot past or six foot short and then have a knee knocker. Um, no, I th- I thought you played very well over the course of the weekend. And um, I, I I thought your ball striking was particularly good um, with the irons. I thought that was really where where you were yeah you were kind of scoring with those clubs. You know, um, particularly where as you say. I'm not even sure how often you took the driver over the course after a while. I think it stayed in the bag. Most, Yeah, most of the way in on both rounds after it misbehaved early on, I think I just canned it and just hit the three. You put two out of bounds on the second um, Um, on on Saturday, (laughs) and and I'm not quite convinced that it came out again. The only thing I would say at the moment up in Glen of the Downs, because they have butchered the course by getting rid of the long stuff, it is kind of a course at the moment. If you stay away from the out of bounds, you can pretty much just... Kick the ball anywhere yeah. around the course. But I'm not. The, my problem with the drivers, I'm not even getting even. Even, even though which side it's going, I, I'm not even getting. No, it's mostly going high right. So even though you can do that, I'm not even getting distance on it. I'm just cutting across and chopping across it so badly. So it's just it's it's just not it's just nowhere at the moment. I need to go grind it out. Well, you, you, you didn't get a, get a cut lesson, so. on Saturday because no. the CSS went to. To seventy, so you. But I got a nice little point two on Sunday. You know, so, so you got the point two on Sunday. I'm happy. You you could have gotten a cut. You could have got a point point two on Saturday, but you actually, I think you three put it on. Oh no, you duffed the chip on eighteen. Not my approach it. shot. Yeah, um, trying to hit, trying to trying to do something I shouldn't have done. Anyway, uh, moving on. Um, get on to the pros. I guess I mean these aren't really well, pros slash slash amateurs. Yeah, depending yeah, yeah. on uh, if you restart with the Alfred Dunhill links pro. Yeah, let's go with that. I mean, we can skip a couple of little news items, but nothing major. Like, let's talk about the pro events. The Alfred Dunhill links. Uh, you got to see a little bit of this, and I had some interesting comments about the severe lack of coverage of a variety of coverage. I I I I like the formats of pro ams. I like it when it's in the states, and they do it with the likes of um, Bill Murray and these guys towards the beginning down in Pebble Beach. It, it's a bit of fun because you get to see. You know, amateur players playing. However, and this is no disrespect to a couple of the the, the amateurs that we got stuck watching all week. Um, but Tony McCoy, while he seems like a great guy, I really have no interest in watching his full eighteen holes <laughs> for two days. And um, as an event, I, I think it's very hard to watch this event when it's spread over three courses, and they mm. don't seem to. And I, I blame Sky for this. This isn't. The, the the guys in the European tours fault, but I found watching it, they were playing over Carnoustie, St Andrews, and Kingsbarn. And the problem is that 
it's like they had decided that today we're going to just show everybody who's playing at one. Yeah. And occasionally, like they, they, I was obviously very interested in in Paul Dunn, the yeah. Irish guy, um, who has now turned pro after the Walker Cup and is now, uh, you know, trying to get his tour card. And he was doing really, really well. Mm-hmm. And it was, I was following it on on the internet to see how he was getting on. I was like, oh, he's on the seventeenth hole. And I seen that he had come off the course, and they were like, "Oh, we're just going to jump over to St Andrews uh, to see Paul." I was like, "Well, I know this putt goes in mm-hmm. because that's it." And it's like, we're not going for any other reason than something like that has happened. So we're not actually following the stories on other courses. We seem to follow about three or four groups. Mm-hmm. There was uh, Ling Merther, there was Weisberger, and there was about two others. I think Graham McDowell was one, and I can't think of who the other person was. But it seemed like we were just watching yeah. four people's rounds. I think, just in defense of Sky, like I agree it's a little bit sloppy, the coverage for the week, but in defense of Sky, they, they only have a finite amount of cameras and cameramen. So to, and they do a phenomenal job on a weekly basis when they have one course to deal mm. with. This In this situation, they have three courses to deal with. So I understand that they choose the um, the focal course of the day. They have, like, or whatever, St. Andrew's Thursday, Carnoustie Friday, and Kingsborn Saturday, or whatever. And then they have a few token cameras on the other courses. Um, I understand why they get scattered. You also see that the European Tour uh, app and its scoring gets very scattered because they're tracking three different courses and, got to remember this week, 200 professionals as opposed to the usual 156, and it's on three different courses. So it, it is... There's ways it is around that. It, it, like, there is ways around that. You, you, yeah. can, you can have cameras set up on the signature holes at the other courses. Mm-hmm. And when those groups are going through, you know, or you take... Holes 10, 11, 12, for instance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I got gotcha. you. 16, 17, 18, and another. And you, you can follow on one major course mm. and then have the Your other groups coming. Because the players are still coming through on those other holes. Mm-hmm. So they can still jump around. I understand, look, they're, they're, an, you know, they're a corporation. They're not going to have you know, 80 you know, high-def cameras that can go to every hole and follow every group. That's mm. not possible. I'm not blaming Sky. But to me, it makes the event disjointed and it makes it hard to watch mm-hmm. at home. And because of that, I find that I was kind of getting to a point after a little bit going, I'll come back to this and watch yeah. the one hour review tonight. In fairness, though, it all does come together. The mix match comes together really well on Sunday. I know like you just get a Sunday at St. Andrews and that's just great. Yeah, and, well, sorry, I, people are going to now wonder, did I just come home just to bitch and moan? And I'm going to Mostly. bitch and moan about this for the moment. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I think it's only mainly I'm bitching about this because the British Open was in, or the Open Championship, sorry, Bobby, uh, the Open Championship was in St. Andrews. But it just looks different. It looked it looked different because there wasn't the thousands of grandstands set around the place. Mm. and And it just makes it look so wide open. That you kind of go. It is. No, I know, but yeah, yeah. but when when you see it with all the grandstands set around again, like I know what you're saying, it comes up together and it's all very exciting. It's end. a different course but from what you know. Your your eyes know. It's kind of it because it's so iconic. Because it is also the Open Championship this year. It kind of let it down for me. I kind of went. Uh, that's not an open championship. <laughs> I, I don't know if that yeah, makes yeah. sense. Like, no, it does. I think that even if they had nearly finished it on a non-open championship, or if, if dare I say it, and they would never do this because it's the Alfield Dunhill uh, links, 
if they moved it away from St. Andrews, if it was a different course that wasn't so iconic of uh, as St. Andrews, it just, it didn't mm. look right. And it, it just looks unusual. So, so many years I've seen so many opens there uh, and like videos of opens before we were born. Probably not so many stands back then, but yeah, we're just, our eyes are trained to see those stands and you, you remember that hole as quite tight because of all the stands mm. or there's a stand behind there and, yeah, when you see when you see them this guy is at the Alfred Dunhill, it's a little bit more it's a little bit less it's obviously it's less built up, they're not gonna have the crowds they have for an open championship. The one thing I do and I wanna just touch on this before we talk about the actual players, the one thing that it was surprising is how much money this has. This is a five million dollar and it's it's five million dollars mm. of prize fund. Like the the winner, Olsen, like he, he took in seven hundred and eight thousand euros. From that, like you yeah. know, it's I, I, that surprised me because I know the history of the the tournament and all the rest. But to me, like I don't know, I was kind of thinking, you know, this would be you know top second tier, low first tier in terms of the prize money. Yeah, yeah maybe, 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 yeah, yeah, you know, like an Irish Open type kind of price. Yeah, like five more, money. five, four, five hundred thousand for first, yeah, maybe. But like yeah, seven hundred and eight grand. Like that is that is some coin for yeah. the for the week. But anyway, sorry. Let's talk about it. Um, uh, Torbjorn and Olsen won, and you know won a sizable chunk of money and a lot of publicity, which I'm sure Nike are very happy about mm. after signing him. And he's had quite a, he had quite a disappointing summer. I'm sure he'll admit, but. Who gives a shit? He just made exactly seven hundred and eighty euros. The last few weeks, you've seen he's been rounding into form. You could see his performance getting better, his scores getting better, him poking his nose a bit further up the leaderboard, and he he just he took off on a hot streak this week. You know, it didn't start sensationally fast, but sixty eight, then went sixty six, sixty five, and to be honest, it wasn't really troubled too much all the way through Sunday, and was able to shoot a level. Uh, sorry, a one under par seventy one to win by two shots. Um, I mean, the chasing pack put up a good fight, but nobody really just put that extra level of pressure on him, you know, to, Out of curiosity, to see if he could hold, you know, hold up. Because of the way the format, you know, the guys who I think played in King's Barn on the first day, mm-hmm. I think they were, I think, six shots better off than the other guys on the other two on courses. Carnusi, they were yeah. kind of coming in at minus eight. Um, we talk about it, Open Championships kind of different side of the draw and mm-hmm. different side. Um, do you think the guys who, who were off it, you know, that course early being able to post a big number because in fairness the, the, the cut doesn't come to Saturday in this competition oh, because a huge of help. Um, like it, it does play into the hands of the guys who can put up a set a minus eight, minus nine. Well, yeah, because if you're hunting for confidence, it, it, it you know you have something to hold on to then, rather than having to chase and try and make birdies to get to the cut or get to the top twenty or get to the top ten. I, I think it, it helps greatly to get all, like either on St Andrews or Kings Barnes on day one because those are the two scoring courses. Um, actually, you know, I thought it was quite. It seemed quite fair throughout the week. The, the weather was pretty. Similar all three of the, you know, all of the first three days. Well, it was interesting hearing Graham McDowell, who I think had two under or three under in Kingsbarn on, on the Friday, mm. kind of came in and said, I saw the scores yesterday and I'm, I'm probably behind where I should have been because of it. Mm-hmm. And it's a psychological thing. You go out and, you know, you can post minus eight, minus nine. The guys who are going there the following day are going, geez, you know, I better, I, I better put in minus eight or minus nine on this. Yeah. And when they don't, it really sets them back. It's, mm. it's interesting because of the way the dynamic of the 
the yeah. tournament is. And the three different courses. That, and, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and it does level out to a certain extent, but you just wonder, is it the benefit to be, not be getting Carnoustie on day one and being behind? Because poor Carrington, who missed the cut, you know, he was saying, um, you know, he felt very much like he was chasing. And once he chased... It, it, it became very difficult where he had to change the game plan yeah. and he didn't feel like he had done anything particularly wrong over the course of the mm-hmm. week but he found himself with a free Sunday um, and yeah it's, it's just like it's like running a race and just giving the others a head start and you just you see that gap you have to make up but if you're in the if you're in the pack at the top then it's it's easy to hang on it's easier to hang on to them than to, to catch them all the way you know to catch up that big gap so well, let's, let's it's, an, it's, a, other it's an interesting dynamic for a tournament, and, and one that they don't encounter that often. So, um, the, being able to adapt to the psychology of it is, you know, a nice, it is a good skill. And and obviously with the pro am, there was obviously the the amateur event that's going on. Mm-hmm. So that obviously, you know, sometimes you can, if if a, if a pro isn't used to those pro ams, I think that probably also can have a knock on effect. Uh, yeah, um, I'd say most of them are at this stage. You know, there's the Wednesday pro ams for most events. So, yeah. I suppose over the three days and yeah, like I, I don't, I think I think it's even though I think on the Sunday they play the pro the the, the amateurs still play top, um, the top 20, twenty pro and amateur combinations still play. So, so there is there is a lot going on, but let, let's look at a few yeah. other guys because um, while while Olsen pretty much ran away with it and didn't really have to to get out of a canter on the Sunday, mm. there was a few other decent uh, performances. Um, Brooks uh, Kupka uh, did pretty well. Um, you know, 67 in the last day, had a great weekend, 69, 64, 67. Um, again, yep. I think, and I haven't got it in front of me, but I'm guessing on the 72 on the, on the, on the Thursday, he, he was not on. I'll, I'm I'll guessing he was in Carnoustie yeah. on the first day. Can you, okay, well, actually, while we have Brooks Kepka in the conversation, he played, he played Carnoustie on the first day, so he's, yeah. you know, he's chasing. Um, how the hell does JB Holmes get picked ahead of Kepka for the President's Cup after Jim Furyk pulling out? Like, Kepka's just, Crushing him in every stat on the you know across the board, it's just it's crazy. Well, we'll, we'll Parkin come back yeah, to it at the President's previous, Cup, yeah, but yeah. but I think um, like he's certainly a man in form. He's certainly putting a decent round together. If they go in the President's Cup uh, and and he, you know, they look back and think, oh, maybe he should have been there. That might be a, a bigger conversation to have. And um, you know, there was there was some decent names, and um, you know. Uh, Alfie Barner-Ratt, who seems to, you know, have come into a decent bit of form this summer, won a few weeks ago, and um, again, not that far away, um, minus 15, again, 75 on day one, I'm guessing, again, he was in Carnoustie, it's mm-hmm. so hard for those guys, like, he went out 63, 66, 69, um, was there anybody that really kind of stood out to you that went, do you know what, now, that, that was... That's a guy who's now pushing on a bit of form here, and if I was looking, let's let's project this forward, and we're about to kind of start culminating the in the Dubai. race to Dubai. Who who out of this form in the middle kind of players, the Shane Larrys, the Gray McDell? Is there somebody there that you kind of have looked at and gone and went, hmm? Do you know what? He might put a little run together for the next few weeks. In I'm the, so impressed with Kelson's form for the last two, three months. Like he's just been playing really, really good golf. He's just, he just always seems to be up there. He's uh, ninth. Uh, I, w- I, w- ninth I wonder how he'll get on out in the, the desert courses if they might be a bit too long for him. But he just, he seems to be popping up. He's just playing great golf, so I don't see any reason why not. So staying under the radar, but yeah, there or thereabouts. 
Jamie Donaldson's coming back into a little bit of form. It's good to see. He's, he was really off the boil. Um, I think last year took year. a lot out of him. I think getting into the Ryder Cup team, mm. being the man that, I suppose you can say, won it or didn't win it, depending on which way you want to look at it as a team event. I think he nearly probably hit such a high last year that it was always going to be very difficult this season to, mm-hmm. to, to maintain that. But uh, it is good to see him back because he's, uh, he's a good character. He's the kind of guy you want to watch. Um, Delighted to see GMAC actually string four rounds together. Yeah, 68, 69, 69, 70. Uh, still has the American twang accent, but we won't hold that against him. No. But um, he certainly, he's a man that's on a mission to try and qualify next year for the Ryder Cup has really set it as a target. Mm-hmm. Um, like, we know he can play. Oh, yeah. He knows he can play. Yeah, Why he's, he's not been doing it, not 100% sure, but he's the kind of guy that if, if this is the down season or the off season, then, you know, next year you can see him back there. He'll take, he'll take the hit if he has that one year, oh, but yeah. whatever. I mean, he's supposed to he'll lock on his life. he got married, his kids, restaurants, beer, house, the works, you know, so... Um, His job is to play golf, though. This does this does not bode well for you at your golf. Oh no, my <laughs> golf got better you. because now I have a reason to be on the golf course. Um, I'm married. Also tied nineteenth alongside him, a couple of Irishmen, Shane Larry and Paul Dunn. Very well done to Paul Dunn in. Yeah, super, super performance for Paul. Like, this is, I think, his first outing as a pro. Mm-hmm. Um, he did a qualifying school a couple of weeks ago, got through it, and. Um, Anybody who, if I am wrong in any of this, because I've been following this while I was away, but he got through, he's got a few exemptions at the moment, uh, sponsored invites to a few tournaments. Playing the British Masters this week and then the Portuguese Open next week. Yeah, so, so like there's great, a few more chances. He had to get top three to get the tour card. It, it looked like he had a chance kind of by end of Friday, mid-Saturday, but he didn't do an awful lot wrong, but a lot of people just burned ahead of him and he just didn't catch up at that yeah. stage. Joe was um, great to see playing well. Uh, Nick Doherty, who yeah. has uh, really, really had struggles. I think he's been given a, a Sky Sports contract. One of the lads said in the thread, maybe Bobby. I'm not I'm not sure on that. Yeah, he My was tied, uh, on. Tied, tied 27th, uh, 11 under, 72, 67, 70, 68. Uh, Forty odd grand he took home, but then um, um, no. Look, if, it's great. It'd be great to see him on tour, but at the same time, I won't be disappointed to have him in the commentary box because I really like listening to him um, commentate yeah, on the golf. There was a few other bits that I quite enjoyed over the course of the weekend. I, I, I saw um, uh, Ernie Els stoking up a bit of uh, fire with the, the 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 Scottish crowd for the South Africa Scotland <laughs> game on the Saturday. Um, there was a few other bits. I think you had a video um, of his, poor Ernie. Yeah, his putt. Um, I actually think it would be too mean to tweet it out. It's, it's just... Oh, no, I think it makes everybody feel a little bit better <laughs> about themselves. Yeah, yeah it, it wasn't... I think he, he missed about three, four inches right of the hole from about a foot. It, was, uh, it wasn't pretty. So uh, that was on a Thursday. So in fairness, to get over that putting well... Um, and post the number he did 11 under it was pretty good uh, other players I guess look, Brandon Grace had a great season um, you know going, going to the kind of warmer climbs of the desert those kind of firmer dry courses I'd, I'd expect to see him go well in the Race to Dubai final series um, I think look we can end up going through the whole leaderboard here so we should probably move on to the uh, well, the, the European Tour school qualifying tour school and um, the first stage of I think eight is it yeah just eight eight, eight. eight qualifying centers and then they move on to mm-hmm. the second stage and so on and I think a few 
of the stages that occurred earlier because I'm pretty sure Paul Dunn, as I say, he's yeah. already played previously. Uh, just to get these two in because a couple of Irish guys were yeah. uh, were playing. So uh, in the Reba Golf in Portugal, Gavin Moynihan qualified for stage two and in the Golf to Ardelo, uh, Michael McGeady qualified for stage two. So those guys will be teeing it up this time next month in stage two. Uh, the Web.com Tour Championship was on. There's obviously nothing on the PGA Tour last week. Um, so the... Which Web.com Tour Championship was at TPC Sawgrass and Emiliano Grillo won it by one shot from Ches Reevy and two from Sam, Sam Saunders, who's Arnold Palmer's uh, grandson. So the top 25, I have, I have the thing here, it's the top 25 in the final series of Web.com Tour get a tour card for next year of varying quality. Where you finish it? Yeah, varying quality. Yeah, that's a good, good way of putting it. And similarly for the um, top 25 of the money list. The company you know, the event long money, the year long money list. Mm. So the 50 guys are, uh, you know, they're routine up in the year on the PJ tour, um, to various extents next year. I'm sure they're all absolutely thrilled, you know, get a chance to make some big bucks on the PJ tour. And, yeah. Uh, and, and, don't and have to worry about the web.com, the lower money and struggling week to week. And the, you look at some of them that have come from the web.com set up especially towards the earlier part of the season mm. you know if they've come from the web.com with a good uh, bit of momentum they come into some of the lesser PGA events because mm-hmm. it's a wraparound season and we're going to come on to it in a minute but the next few weeks a lot of the big big guys aren't around they can get themselves through the weekend yeah. bit of money and before you know you're you're kind of halfway to a tour card full tour card when the likes of your Jordan Speets and your big players aren't necessarily playing mm. at the but you moment. you saw some of the rookies did this year, like Daniel Berger, Justin Thomas, um, Tony Finnow, all putting in some really good performances throughout the year. So they're they're just ready to get stuck into this from day one. You know, they've they've no fear about mixing with the big boys. They're they're good to go and great chance for them in the coming weeks ahead. The Fries dot com is the week after next is the first event of the 2015-2016 season, so they'll be chomping at the bit. Well, let's let's look at next week, and the LPGA, uh, which wasn't taking place last week, is back this week, and it's out in Kuala Lumpur, and it's the Siam Derby Malaysian Classic, if that is correct. Uh, 6,246-yard uh, 6, par 71, and uh, no surprise, Lydia Ko is a favourite. Yeah, after a recent uh, domination of the Avian Championship, uh, Inby Park thirteen to two. Sorry, Lydia goes four to one. Inby Park thirteen to two. Lexi Thompson is twelve to one. So Yun Ryu fourteen to one. Stacey Lewis sixteen to one. As is Shan Shang Feng. And the rest of the field are twenty five to one. Or eight. I thought you were going to say Suzanne Pedersen. I was going to boo because I haven't been here since. Hannah Jang twenty five to one on Suzanne Pedersen twenty five to one. Very that that's that debate still hasn't finished. There's so it's like the spirit of the game versus the rules of the game versus all the stuff that happened in the the couple of days before and. There's uh, many uh, aspects of octopus of a situation. Well, I'll give my two cents because I wasn't here at the time. Um, In my view, you don't touch that golf ball until you're 100% sure. I agree. Um, I feel that in the spirit of the competition, when it all... if, If... 
there had been a mistake and I think I read somewhere while I was away that the ref might have thought that it was said and he had indicated something and she thought that he was indicating and in fact because the ref was calling it as the hole is halved and you know the match is all square or whatever and she was hearing him start that and assumed that the the, mm-hmm. the European players had given it. I, I think that it's a very difficult situation because, in my opinion, and I saw uh, Darren Clark and I can't think of who is against him in is it who is the captain for the US team in the Ryder Cup next year? Uh, Freddie Couples, is it? <laughs> I think it's Freddie Couples. Anyway, <laughs> but I saw them talk about it afterwards and said, yeah, spirit of game, blah, 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 you know, but we, we have this conversation beforehand. In my view, you should nominate who is entitled to give it for your team on the first tee. So Suzanne Pedersen should be nominated mm. as, if a putt's going to be given, it's coming from me and me alone. Mm-hmm. Now that can have a conversation with your playing partner and say, you know, Mary Jo, do you, will we give that? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we can give that. But it's one voice. The, yeah, the one final voice. One voice. Yeah, yeah. So that Suzanne can shout out, that's fine, we move on. Mm-hmm. Of course, the trick here is now, we go to the US for the Ryder Cup next year, and you just, you shout out, you know, oh that's alright. You know, which, which could easily happen that somebody in the crowd could just shout it, you know, oh, that's fine. And a confusion And then happens. somebody hears that and goes, oh, yeah, grand. Mm. Now, I think there's a whole lot of hysteria about this as well. Like, at the end of the day, it's a game of golf, okay? It's not the end of the world. Like, you know, there's a lot more problems in the world than the ball being picked up. I can understand that it was very emotional and very upsetting. To see everybody crying on the 18th afterwards, like, it was, like, the most distressing thing that had ever happened. Like, I found that a little bit tough to watch, basically, because I was shouting at the TV going, you got to be kidding me. Like, you know, there's a lot worse going on in the world than somebody accidentally picking up the ball. Whether Suzanne Pedersen or whoever should have gone across and said, guys, do you know what? Mistake has happened. Yeah. We, we, we played like it was all square, mm. you know, coming up the 18th or whatever, you know. But, like, I just thought it was it was a lot of nonsense. And, like, they're still going on about it. And, as you say, there's still the debate spirit of the game rules of the game yeah the spirit of the game is there but that's not written like it's etiquette in the spirit is but there isn't a precise penalty for that you know it 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 has to be within fairness and equity and all the rest but like a mistake happened mm. shake hands hug it out move on like i just i actually thought afterwards do you know what the best thing that they could have done is the European captain and the American captain should have gone in and just cancelled that match. Or have just oh, no, just cancelled it. Just take the point away mm. and just cancelled it. And just said, right, not a half a point, not a point to either team. We just we nullify that game and just we just play on tomorrow with with one, one point, point less. That's a really I've never actually considered that. Really like that idea. that to me would have been the easiest solution. Yeah, nobody you feels know, hard done nobody by. Nobody feels hard done by. Nobody's getting a half a point or not half a point. Nobody you just take a point off the board and mm. just say, Right lads, we're paying for twenty three points now. And just do that. That that in my mind was the simplest solution. Yeah. It was all it was all just a big mess. But the Americans they they grabbed that motivation, they probably manipulated the emotion in it for their own benefit and they put it to really good use. Yeah, but look, that's like, look, you know, 
Miracle of Medina, you, you, you know, last year at the, at the Ryder Cup, you know, why do you think they put Seve on every golf bag that the European Tour players use for the Ryder Cup? It's, mm. it's about emotion. It's yeah. about buying into it. Like, I, I read while I was away, and sorry to keep coming back to stories that you probably talked about, but like, talking about Rory McIlroy and the, you know, at the, the end of the, the, uh, the tour championship saying, look, I'm not really that bothered about 10 million, mm-hmm. you know? And like, in fairness, I, I, I tip my hat to him, you know, we, 10 million to him isn't actually, you know, the grander scheme of things when he's getting endorsements that are worth a hundred million. No, yes, it's true. But, like, he but, just, he, he, he told it like it is for yeah, him. He gave but, the honest But again, there. you know, for those guys, and it's a problem that the Americans have had for so long. They don't get behind the camaraderie of the team. They don't get behind it. So I, I think fair play to the Americans for using it as the motivation. Mm. I think it also keeps the Solheim Cup relevant and interesting. And I think we'll now talk about the, the President's Cup for a minute here because it, it segues in. Mm-hmm. Good idea. But the US have won this, I think, five out of the last eight times. Oh, it's 9-1 um, or something like that. It's... Yeah, I think I, it's a, it's a, it was it's like a beating. The, but it's if if the if the international team don't win this, the, I'm, it's already in my mind a poor man's Ryder Cup. It's an even poorer man's Solham Cup. If if they don't, if the if the international team don't go and win this, I'm wondering how long this is going to be of any relevance to yeah, to, to the world of golf. The, the record it's nine and one since it started in 1994. So. Look, they, and, and the thing is, they've gone and shortened the format. They've taken away a match from each day, I think it is. Yeah, it starts yeah, each four sessions. Yeah. And um, so that, that that the hope is, with, with less points available, the gap will be less. No, sorry, I watched the film from two years ago, mm. and, and it was very close. Uh, I think they ended up 17 and a half, 16 and a half, something along those lines. But to be honest with you, it was a capitulation by the the Americans in the middle order of that last day of the singles than anything else. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't particularly that the internationals had done so brilliantly. I I just find that this particular tournament, while I will end up watching quite a lot of it, I have no doubt, uh, albeit I think it's about 2 o'clock in the morning. And in my view, if it's not a close competition and if the internationals don't win, there's a question mark over whether or not it needs to continue. The, or or the in the format the that it... Well, yeah. sorry, going back to my earlier suggestion of ideas, but, you know, why is it always against the US? You know, why doesn't the President Cup be against the team who won the Ryder Cup? You know, so if, if the Europeans win the Ryder Cup the following year, it's, it's it, the internationals will play Europe. You know, it makes it more interesting. Mm-hmm. It also moves it from a non-stop USA versus the world, USA versus Europe. You know, if Europe win the Ryder Cup, it's you, it's Europe versus the internationals. I don't think you get many votes for that from the the Americans, and they have a lot of control of this President's Cup as it is. I don't think they'd be, they'd go for that. But I, I, it does. It, if the international team loses, it's they're going to need to do something a bit more drastic, like, um, and the. The level of quality between the teams would indicate the US will trounce them. Uh, it probably won't end up being that big a differential between the two. Let's see the odds here for the outright. Well, while you do that, like we're looking at on the American team, we've got Jordan Spieth, Bubba Watson, Jimmy Walker, Zach Johnson, Dusty Johnson, Ricky Fowler, Patrick Reed, Matt Kuchar, JB Holmes, Phil, 
Bill Haas and Chris Kirk. And then on the internationals, we have Jason Day, Louis Days, and Adam Scott, Matsuyama, Brendan Grace, uh, Mark Leishman, Carl Schwartzel, Lahari, Jahidi, Danny Lee, Sansun Bay, and sorry, Steve Bowditch. I think probably right now we can probably just give them the gold trophy and we can talk about this next week. Yeah, the USA are uh, 15 to 8 on and the internationals are 15 to 8 to win. So, look, uh, we'll, I guess I guess we'll find out come um, come Sunday. We'll wake, yeah, up, we'll, wake up, we'll wake up and we'll be just about heading out to the golf course and we'll be wrapping up. I, I wanted to succeed. Mm-hmm. And again, I don't want everybody to think I've come back being negative about everything. I want this competition to succeed because it is a, you know I love the match play yeah, format yeah. and we don't get enough of it a couple of WGCs and a few others around the year but this is a decent format decent competition but at the moment there's of no interest in watching it when you know that it's just going to be an absolute and like on paper it should be a, a fairly close annihilation um, uh, on paper, yeah, I, I think it's going an awful, lot, awful lot closer than that. Um, so, anyway, look, we'll, uh, we'll see what happens. We certainly will. Yeah. Uh, British Masters, the Ian Poulter British Masters, I think, is probably what it's currently being titled as. The yeah, the first of versus the rotations between the the pros hosting the British Masters. Uh, Poulter gets to go first. You don't agree with this at all. I. I I am a big fan of the British Masters. It should never have been gotten rid of back in, what, 2008. It is a long-standing, good-quality event. Why we need to have people sponsoring it, like Ian Poulter, we had Rory with the Irish Open. Like, it's a good tournament. It should sell itself with the right backing of the European Tour. I get the idea of this whole, like, let's rotate it around, the blah, host. blah, blah. Like, I, if it was me and I just see the picture come up, like, you probably should make Luke Donald the host this year because well, next he... year he might not be around. So, <laughs> uh, plus, he probably won't play. He's not going to play the European Tour next year. He's not going to take his card. So, you know, I, I just, look, it's a great tournament. I don't know why we have to be so obsessed with it being Ian Poulter, Luke Donald, whoever he is. Westwood, like, yeah. Justin Rose. I think I I look. It's kind of the way things have gone since Tiger, re, you know, started hosting this and hosting that and hosting the other. It's the, it's just the. Well, I'm struggling for the word now. It's the way it's moving. The way it's things have moved. Yeah, and it do, Rory with the Irish Open carried enormous weight, and it he did attract big name players to that event that would not have been there without him. But it was the Rory McIlroy Foundation. It's a charity event. No, no, no. But you can call it... No, no, because this isn't the Ian Poulter Foundation that's supporting this. This is just the British Masters basically jumping on the back... Hosted by Ian Poulter. Hosted by Ian Poulter. Like, you're absolutely right. Rory McIlroy brought all of the big names Mm -hmm. and brought it. But it was was the Dubai Duty Free. There was sponsorship behind it. There was Mm -hmm. a lot of... It was a normal event that happened to have Rory McIlroy's foundation tur- underpinning yeah, a lot. Yeah, got turbocharged. But Ian Poulter's not underpinning this. He's just put his name to it. He's, you know, he's done that within the way that they've set this up, that each year this is host, this happens, there will be a high-profile UK tour player hosting it. This is the way, it's not just Poulter going, uh, I'm going to grab this. No, 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 no I accept that. No, no, I know that. I know it's changing, and I know that's what they're trying to do. 
to make it a British Masters with the name of a British Master behind it, i.e. Ian Poulter this year. Mm-hmm. If it was the Ian Poulter Foundation... Then you're, then it's then you're like okay with it. No, because then it's, it's, it's a charity that's backing and doing it. This is... Like, it's just Ian Poulter. I don't get... He's not backing anything. He's just hosting. He's just... But sorry, but he's, then, but he's, he's, he's the everybody will just make every tournament hosted by somebody. Why not? Because it's bullshit. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Like, what are we going to do? Like, you know, the Australian Open hosted by Greg Norman, Adam Scott, Jason Day. Like, it just this is nonsense. It's like, like, <laughs> like okay, Glen of the Downs. You know, Saturday's competition is supported by Barry O'Hanrahan. Like, it just it doesn't make sense. There is no. Actual benefit to Ian Poulter's name being attached to this. I think it just I think it gives really good um, PR to the events. Now, not necessarily Poulter. Some people will disagree with me on that that he does, but it it carries weight in the media. It gives extra pep to the event and brings more focus on it and brings more focus to golf. But how much difference focus is there is if it's just the British Masters supported by Coca Cola or sponsored by Sky Sports? It's it's an extra angle in the media. You're just not going to give up here. You're really going for it. I just don't yeah, get it. Yeah. I just, I, I don't I, think either of us is going to give up. Like two I just don't get it. We'll argue until the cows come home. Anyway, the British Masters, supported by Sky Sports, is taking place at the fantastic Woburn Golf Club on the Marquee Course, which was designed by Peter Alice and Clive Clark back in uh, and opened in two thousand. Peter 2000. Alice uh, designed, did he? Yep. Oh, I really hope there's like really inappropriate uh, sayings at the uh, uh, on each tee box. Oh, oh yeah, a little stone marker with little something. stone marker. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, I hope he buys you know the wife a new kitchen if he wins this competition. <laughs> <laughs> that should be on the 18th. <laughs> so um, yeah, a bit of debate over like what kind of skills are needed this week, but you know, plenty of trees and all the photos there. So you want to be keeping it pretty accurate off the tee. Little length can't hurt, you know. It's uh, it's autumn here in uh, Northwest Europe, and uh, well, you know, as the of, courses are going to be playing long. As of the last few days, the rain has come down. Well, I was going to say, and as of the weather forecast I saw earlier today, we're meant to be getting a tropical. The end of the hurricane that's coming across the Atlantic. Oh, cool! Uh, it's meant to be hitting Ireland, I think, on Thursday evening, Friday morning. So. It's going to make its way across Ireland and into the UK mm-hmm. thereafter, so it could be an absolutely horrendously miserable day for Ian Boulder. Uh, <laughs> determined to ruin his week. <laughs> so uh, let's look at the betting. And you know, what, what is Ian Poulter actually? They did, in the they did get, in fairness, they've attracted a pretty good quality field. And That's all Ian Poulter. He's done it, that personally. It is Poulter and his bulging eyes. Francesco Molinari and Shane Lowry are joint favourites at 16 to 1. Jamie Donald. Donaldson twenty to one, as are Gray McDowell, Danny Willett, and Ian Poulter, host of the British Masters, supported by Sky Sports. Um, That's a uh, IJP design, and Ian Poulter. Not, does everybody have to wear his clothing company this week? Uh, it's not the Trilby Tour, James. <laughs> <laughs> Soren Kelson's twenty-five to one, Luke Donald's thirty to one, Matthew Fitzpatrick and Bjorn Hung Ann are thirty-three to one. Chris Wood, 35 to 1, as is Lee Westwood. Yost Loughton and Tommy Fleetwood are 45 to 1. Big Mig is 45 to 1, as is Mark Warren and James Morrison, and 50 to 1 and out the rest, including uh, recent double winner Thomas Peters. So, yeah, it's a pretty deep field for European Tour. Uh, well supported. 100 to 1. Paddy, where, where is he? Where, oh, he's there on the right. Yeah, and Colin, number 2. Poor Porrick. Where's, where's, I wonder what Paul Dunn will be uh, for the... Uh, Paul Dunn, 80 to 1. 80 to 1, oh. Yeah. 
Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how Paul Drum goes this week because he's off the uh, he's off the links. So this will be an interesting to see what he's like on the Parklands. Um, Very much so. You know, yeah. a bit of bit more kind of tea to green and uh, work this, required. This is certainly not a course that's going to be a birdie fest. You know, it just it just has never landed itself to that at all. I mean, and if the wind is up, you you could see a score in low single low single digits under par somebody, winning it. You could see somebody of the uh, the type of. Uh, poor Carrington just trundling along at a hundred to one. You could see him, you know, playing the way he plays and just, you know, in bad weather. You know, when when you look at what he's won in woeful weather in Ireland mm-hmm. in terms of PGAs and then the, the the Opens, he's the kind of guy who, if it is bad weather, you know, he could just trundle along slowly but surely and find himself around there at the end of the weekend. Or he could have a weekend off. Really, you wouldn't know with poor Carrington. <laughs> yeah, moment, I know. I, I I don't know. If, if Flip a multi-sided coin, and one of them will show up. And unfortunately, that's how it is at the moment. Yet? I haven't, I haven't zoned in or anything yet. Just um, there is one other event, and it's you know of interest to us this week as well because it's taking place in Ireland. It's the second event of the season on the European Challenge Tour to take place on Irish soil after the Northern Irish Challenge in Galgaron Castle, and this is the Valopa Irish Challenge taking place in Mount Wellesley. Which is by all accounts a lovely, lovely it's golf course. Lovely, yeah, I've driven past it on a few times. I Down in Carlo, it's really not far from us at all. We should, yeah. we should put that in the bucket list. We should actually, yeah. There's uh, many things we should be putting on our bucket list. Yeah, um, I would, I would like to play that. I've heard great things about it. So, um, so my Worsley at podcast GTS. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll come, yeah, it'd be great to play it like the day out. You know, during the Irish Open's on Carton House a couple of years ago, Bobby was a member there. Mm. And on the Monday, he got to go out and play the course from the back sticks, like the pros did in the event with the tough pins, the greens. The course was basically set up like it would have been for the event. And he said it was just, uh, just unbelievable. I can, I can only guess that, uh, his round was nothing compared to the pros. It, Better, obviously. Oh, he had so much enjoyment. Uh, he was enjoying it so much, he hit a load of extra shots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> Wanted to get his money's worth that day. Absolutely, yeah. So, yeah, that's... Yeah, it'll be interesting to keep an eye on. It's nice to see two, two events, uh, taking place this week. Uh, or sorry, two, two of the Challenge Tour events taking place in Ireland. Yeah, it's, 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 it's good, really good. good for Irish golf and, uh, for anybody, obviously, who, who is following these things to, to, to kind of see more than just your, your Bally Bunions and your, Kind of your Port Marnix, you know, there is a lot more great golf courses out there in Ireland. That yeah, we don't just have all these courses. Have. Yeah, yeah. And um, well, I, I, is that the end of our list? I think that's pretty much that's it. There's a couple of couple more of the first stage of the European Tour uh, Q School on this week. Um, one in England, one in Italy. Um, there's one Irish guy taking uh, part in England in Frilford Heath. It's David Rawluck. So all the best to him. Very good luck. And uh, I think that's probably it. The only thing was. Um, in terms of you and I are putting together a little plan of uh, suggestions to oh, Glenadon Downs Golf Club for ideas for kind of competitions over the winter and kind of ideas of how to change things in terms of competition specifically. But actually, this is a very good timely point. We'll begin with that one. If anybody plays a winter league, a winter golf league in their club. We'd love to hear any, well, what kind of formats you have. Our, ours currently is you're in a team of like six or seven and the best three scores each week go to your team total and your individual total also counts as well. But it's yeah. just, it needs, it needs a freshening. It needs something different. Yeah. So we, well, that was, that 
where this all started. Mm. So the Winter League is something. So what kind of Winter League do people have in their own golf course? Uh, is it match play? Is it single, stable third over the course, 12 holes, etc., etc.? Um, we'd love to hear ideas at Podcast GTS of what kind of competitions are run during the, the winter. We've also started brainstorming the likes of the three club competitions where you can only go out and play the 18 holes with three nominated golf clubs. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, ideas like that, playing it off the front sticks, play it off the, the you know, competitions off the red tees. Or you two know, different or, hole locations, one is worth bonus points, or you have know, that Ironman. Yeah, so we, we've got a few ideas that we've been knocking around, but we'd love to hear of members or people who have been he- listening to the podcast who in your own golf course have not just winter but any time during the year mm. have novel or interesting golf tournaments or competitions that uh, we could put forward to to Glen of the Downs. Yeah, we're like you know, we were thinking about proposing that on the weekend, like we always have a competition on Saturday and a Sunday during the weekend, that for anybody who's interested in it could pay an extra entry fee to have those two rounds combined into a thirty six hole competition. Mm. But they'd also be eligible for the two eighteen hole standalone competitions. So little things like that just to I don't know, just to pique the competitive juices a little bit more, or freshen things up, you know, anything and everything really is, is, is a good idea. Yeah, so no, no idea is a stupid idea. Uh, uh, and, and if you need more than 140 characters on Twitter, our email is a goodtalkspoiled at gmail.com. Yeah, or, or even if you need to just give us the, what, what the competition is called, oh, yeah, so if it's a blank and a blank and, or a link yeah, yeah, to, to ex- explanation. But, uh, that is, that is what I wanted to actually ask uh, the listeners. So, uh, so you basically you, you, you gave out for fifty something minutes just to be able to ask nicely at the very end. Absolutely, but look, I've, 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 got, I've gotten it out of my system. Yeah. So since my Tiger Woods rant, I haven't really had a good one since then. So, uh, um, so look, we move on. Yeah, I think I guess if at this stage of the year, if you're in Europe or America, get out there and get the golf in as quickly as possible before the weather really kicks in. Yeah, it's already kicked in. But oh, anyway, oh sure. God, yeah. Don't send us any photos of nice sunshine playing golf. Golf, particularly if you're in Australia. If you send photos of nice sunshine and golf to our Twitter account, I will make sure James gets them to <laughs> his uh, to his phone. Um, might cheer him up if he gets a hundred of them. Well, I, I usually say goodbye. But yeah, you can you, sign off. You can you sign you off. Go on, be a grump. Sign off. No, yeah. no, go ahead. Uh, guys, if you're playing golf uh, this weekend, enjoy. Swing it sweetly. Hope the putts fall in. Uh, if you're watching us. If you're in a part of the world where the President's Cup's on at a time, you can watch live, enjoy it, or any other live golfer if you're attending a golf tournament, or the British Masters. Make sure you congratulate Ian Poulter on his hosting of the competition, and uh, tell him James sends his regards. Thanks, everybody, for listening, and we'll talk to you all next week. Bye-bye, huh? Well, you're fine. Bye-bye.